Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Nick Davis! Nick Davis! I don't believe it! I see it, but I don't believe it! Hey, welcome to a special kind of short a bonus episode of I See It But I Don't Believe It. I'm Gemma Bastiani and today I'm so excited to be joined by someone who I've worked really closely with this year and who I hadn't actually met in person until the VFLW Grand Final of 2019. Uh, You were wearing lots of blue I remember. That's all I remember. (laughs) Uh, And I was, I don't know what I was doing. Uh, I was just there, Icon Park, footy. It was when we were allowed to go to footy. That was a while ago. Oh, the good old days. <laughs> I was actually thinking about it today. Uh, should I, we say who you are? Uh, I'm <laughs> luckily, luckily joined by Dr. Casey Simons. Hey, how's it going? Great. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm, I have perked up now, actually. I was a little <laughs> bit uh, tired before, but I've perked right up thinking about football again. Yay! Um, <laughs> That's the effect we want footy to have. <laughs> exactly. And that's what I was thinking about today was uh, the last time I tried to actually attend a men's footy match was August, I want to say like 28th last year, and I was driving to Sydney for the final Swans match of 2019. And it was a last-minute decision, and it was – quarter to six in the morning just outside Beechworth where we'd spent the night where I'm from where my family's from and uh hit a kangaroo and didn't make it to Sydney and my car was ruined for six weeks so I didn't get to go to that match and I was like it's all right as always next year and then Mm -hmm. this has happened so this is where we're at with footy right now that's an insane story I remember yeah. when you told me about that moment and I think I had the similar reaction, like, it'll be okay, you'll get mm. back there soon enough. <laughs> yeah. And it was the only reason I was having a bit of a, like, shit time at work and stuff and the only reason we decided to go it was, like, it's Buddy's 300th, McVeigh and Kieran Jack are retiring, Aaliyah's 50th, it's Pride match, like, let's just let's just go. And then that happened. I was like, wasn't meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> So I've just made this about myself, but uh, <laughs> can you tell everyone who doesn't know who you are, uh, who you are and what you do? Sure. Um, I guess I get asked what I do a lot and it's probably a bit um, complicated to explain, but essentially I work in uh, sports research and I work in a sector of sports research in academia that is focused on sport and its social impacts. So I work in the Sport Innovation Research Group at Swinburne University as a research fellow, and we do a lot of different research projects with industry, different clubs, different sporting organisations, government, to sort of determine what kind of sports programs are having big societal impacts and what they can do better, 
what the flow and effects are, what can change and what they can do to achieve real change. So it's really interesting work. It's always different. It teaches me a lot. That's my main job. Um, I guess I do a lot of stuff around that too. So I think a lot of people look at me and think that I'm a journalist, which is always funny when people introduce <laughs> me as a journalist. But, I'm, um, you know, I don't take offence to that because I do try and do a lot of freelance writing and I love journalism, but I wouldn't call myself a journalist because I definitely don't have journalism training. I just like to write <laughs> and I like to write about sport and women in sport. So I do that as much as I can. And I do that a lot with the platform Siren, which I co-founded with yourself and some other amazing women. So I guess I try and do a lot of things that feed into the one theme of trying to use sport for the greater good to, I guess, connect with different groups in society and make the world a better place. Yeah. And it's incredible. I've seen some of the work you do. It's amazing. Um, Thank you. The other really interesting part about your work history or study history is that you was it your doctorate that you did on fandom Mm -hmm. and we love on this show talking about being a fan what that means and what these nostalgic moments mean to you as a fan and how they can change your life and that's why I'm really excited to be talking about this topic with you today because not only are you an expert on footy fandom but you're also an eagle supporter yes I am (laughs) And Very we saw, proud Eagle supporter. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> um, but we saw this year your team enter the AFLW competition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yes, we want to chat sure about did. that. Yeah. Um, I wore, okay, I didn't wear it just for you, but I feel like it's relevant that I'm wearing a bright yellow hoodie today, um, which is good Eagles vibes, right? Yeah, love it. Yeah. <laughs> um. But, yeah, so we just want to talk briefly about the entry, what the entry of the Eagles into the AFLW competition means to a fan and also you travelled over to the first ever Western Derby, didn't you? Mm-hmm. I did, yes. I was over in Perth for that historic moment, which was amazing. Yeah, and we'll talk about that as well. So mm-hmm. can we just start it off? Uh, so the Eagles actually applied for an AFLW licence in 2016 for the inaugural season, but they lost the bid to Fremantle, which I imagine kills you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. Um, so at the time, I guess part of my background as well um, working in sport is I used to work in sport administration um, for the league and a few different clubs. And at the time I was working for the Western Bulldogs. Yeah. So I was actually um, – part of the team that put together the license for the Western Bulldogs application, um, which was really interesting because I was so passionate about the Bulldogs having um, an AFLW side, obviously because of all the work they'd previously done in the space. And I was there and met a lot of the um, women who were playing um, in those exhibition teams and I just fell in love with them all and I wanted that for the Bulldogs. And I did a lot of work um, with uh, sports historian Rob Hess, who does a lot of um, AFLW women's footy history work. And he had this amazing stuff about um, women playing footy in Footscray in the 40s and the 50s, which is great. So all during that time to the lead up to the announcement of those um, inaugural licenses, I hadn't really thought about West Coast because I was so invested in the Bulldogs getting their license. But I just kind of thought... And perhaps this is maybe a little bit reflective of the perceived arrogance that West Coast supporters have. (laughs) 
but I just assumed we'd get it. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't really think too much about what it would mean if we didn't. And I was like, I'm fighting so hard to make sure the Bulldogs get this license. It means so much to that community. West Coast are going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> and so when it was announced, I remember... I was about to fly out to Europe and I was actually in a hairdresser's getting my hair done before I got on the plane and I was reading the press release on my phone and I was livid and it was <laughs> this real surreal moment that it just kind of hit me. I didn't think I was that invested at that stage because I think I came to women's footy as a fan quite late Yeah. because um, I hadn't had any direct involvement in it previously and I sort of thought I wouldn't care as much as what I did. But I think I was a bit tied up in, one, I was so disappointed that we didn't get it. And two, I just cannot believe that Fremantle had something that we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it killed me. <laughs> well, that that rivalry is the nature of fandom as well because it's it's made me laugh a lot this year that you know, you know how much I love Fremantle's women's team. Yes. And I was making jokes to you for the first like for the first part of the season not realizing how intense your maybe <laughs> dislike for Frio actually was and I didn't fully understand it because I mean I'm a Swan supporter in the men's I'm a Melbourne supporter in the women's there's no like I know Sydney will act like there's a two-town rivalry but the reality is it's not there but or m- maybe it is a little bit more now but it's not like WA mm-hmm. so Getting to know you more and more and understanding your comments about Frio were actually more genuine than I had initially expected (laughs) them to be has actually added this whole other dimension to your following of West Coast because you're not even from WA. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I am not. (laughs) So it's just like it, it makes me laugh so much, but I've also learned my lesson at the same time. Uh, I love Frio. Um, so. <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> I knew I was getting myself into trouble doing this. <laughs> um, the the Eagles reapplied uh, in 2017 and they were granted entry for 2020. So in the second round of expansion. So that finally happened this year. The list build, it was really interesting. What were your feelings as you saw this team start to come together? Yeah, it was an interesting experience. Um, I think going off of what we're just talking about with this Fremantle rivalry, obviously we saw a lot of Fremantle players come across to the Eagles list. And that's when I think the rivalry stops because as soon as you switch those colours, then it's just like, I love you. Come to me. Come to me. (laughs) We welcome you. We open open arms. Um, So that was interesting. I still remember, I think the first moment in terms of like my fandom and connection to the um, the women's team for the West Coast Eagles really came with their first key signing in Dana Hooker. Yeah. And I think that was kind of the moment when I realised that like I knew what it meant to me and what I guess that relationship to, like that really illustrated how that relationship with Freya kind of melts away when you change the jumper because, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I can objectively say how well some Fremantle players play the game. And, and I can see are... how much it pains you to say that. 
And there are some good players on the Fremantle list, I guess. Um, but I think Tana Hooker was one of those players that I'd always sort of looked at and thought, yeah, she's she's an absolute gun, but she's wearing the wrong jumper. So that moment when, because um, I mean, I can love players a lot easier if they're probably from other Melbourne teams or something, but Frio. Um, but yeah, when she put that jumper on, and I just remember seeing the, the press photos from that moment and that was when I first got those proper chills about this is real and seeing yeah. someone like that of that caliber come across to the Eagles, just it, seeing a woman in that jumper and having that level of representation is like a moment I'll never forget because I think, like I said, that's when it hit home and I knew what the team did mean to me and would mean to me. Seeing someone leave Frio of that caliber to choose West Coast was just that kind of <laughs> cherry on top. They was like, yeah, like the Eagles are going to build this amazing program. Women of that caliber are going to come. We're going to do something something pretty special. So I think that was kind of the start of it. And seeing a few other Frio players come across was also really promising. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that's probably the, the first time I really felt about our list and after that, I didn't really think too much about it because I just thought, this is going to be okay. We've got Dana yeah. Hooker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I mean, Emma Swanson from the Giants isn't a, isn't a bad pickup either. Oh, absolutely. I still remember the day we signed her because her Twitter handle um, had, I think it was like Swanee Giants, um, yeah. Swanee underscore Giants. And I tweeted her on that day, I'm like, you need to change your Twitter handle. And then she did it. I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Bullying players into changing things. Yes, I did tell her on the um, season launch for 2020 that that was me who tweeted her, went and introduced myself. Um, I think she was really grateful to, that, to me for doing that for her, I'm sure. <laughs> Not like, oh, you're that idiot. <laughs> Just hearing you talk about um, the satisfaction of a good player leaving a club that you really disliked for your club made me think of Libby Birch this year. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I can so, imagine. <laughs> so I, I feel on the same page there. Um, then the the first really big moment was the team actually playing its first game. So we were at this game together, but when they ran out, you weren't with me. Mm -hmm. So this was on Sunday, February 9th at Vic Park against Collingwood. And I was there with Alison, another siren friend, and a few other people were around. Um, and I got chills when they ran out and I'm not an Eagles supporter. So how were you feeling at that moment? Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Um, I was a bit of a wreck, and I think that's why I purposely positioned myself away from people. <laughs> I didn't want people to see me. Um, 
I'd gone to um, a local pub before the game when we could still go to pubs, when we could still go to footy <laughs> back in these ancient times. still leave the house. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I left my friends early because they were still having a beer and going to walk over and take their time. And I was like, I'm not interested in that. I need to be there. Um, and I got there and I sort of, the race was coming out by the goals and I just stood there against the fence and just sort of took it all in and then two things happened um one they put the banner up and it tore to shreds in the wind (laughs) (laughs) which I uh I just had this sense of I just started laughing normally things like that would really destroy me because I am a bit of a fan um superstitionist so I have things like that I think that are omens but it was just this hilarious moment remembering the 2018 grand final when that had happened to Collingwood and we were playing Collingwood and it was just kind of this bitter karma um and so I found that so funny so I kind of just started laughing at this at my own club's banner falling apart before my eyes and then the the team came out and then because I was laughing and then I saw them and then all the emotion hit of what I was seeing so I started crying (laughs) <laughs> so I was and I was trying to film it on my phone as well because I don't know if anyone follows me on Instagram but I try to pretend like I'm a bit of an influencer and everyone wants to see my content so I I post things like I've got a following like Kim Kardashian <laughs> when no one cares at all but I was like I must get this moment on my Instagram <laughs> and so my hand is shaking because I'm so emotional and, uh, so yeah so I had to tidy myself up a little bit before I came and met you over on the wing um but yeah that was that moment for me incredible um there was quite a good contingent of Eagles fans at that game as well yeah it was great to see I was I was really interested to see what the fan base would look like in Melbourne for the Eagles women um because I know that at the men's games, we do have a fairly strong contingent because there are so many um, Perth expats that live in Melbourne. So, so many. Yeah, so you do run into a lot of Eagles fans and I've made friends with a lot of Eagles fans over the years from going to events and games and I wondered how that would translate to the women's game. But I was really impressed with the turnout and I think the spirit of women's footy kind of carries through a lot of spaces as well. Like we were stood um, with a lot of the women who play for the Essendon VFLW side and they were all out in four to support Hayley Bullis um, with their homemade T-shirts and everything that they'd done for her, (laughs) which is awesome. So to see people rally around their ex-teammates or current teammates or people they'd played in junior footy with, I think that's the spirit that really comes through at women's footy because while it's great to see those fans who are out there for the team, so many people are there just for different women and for the game. So the atmosphere was great and I was worried that it would just be a Collingwood cauldron, (laughs) which is what I usually experience for those sort of events. But, yeah, it was kind of almost even, which is lovely. Yeah, and I was really trying hard to reassure you for most of at least the first quarter and then I gave up. (laughs) (laughs) You did an okay job. (laughs) (laughs) For about 15 minutes and then I just stood there. I got, I was distracted by a dog. There's some there was cute dog. a very dogs. cute dog, yeah. Yeah. Um now we'll talk about the derby because I remember you ramping up to actually going over there and even before you even got on a plane, I remember you saying about how excited but nervous you were about this experience. Had you been to Optus Stadium before? I had not. That was my first time. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 
Mm. That's that's a big way to first experience it. Yeah. Yeah, it was um it was really surreal. It it was something that like I still don't even think it was real because I think when I mean in the context of this <laughs> it was <conference>, fake. <laughs> I just I've been incepted. Um <laughs> I've been incepted that we have a West Coast Eagles women's team and we're playing AFLW and we're playing at Optus Stadium. Like, this is amazing. It's too good to be true. Um, but, yeah, just thinking, like, trying to think back to that moment in this current climate where we could travel and go do things. It's so weird to think that not that long ago I was over in Perth and I was at that event. And it was it was just something else. And it'll be one of those moments that I treasure forever because – like it was my first time going to that new spiritual home for the Eagles. I went, had been to Subiaco a few times. I was fortunate enough to go there um, before they stopped playing their home games there. And I will all, like, always love that stadium, but my God, it was rubbish. Um, <laughs> I was sat in broken seats so many times. <laughs> but it was, it was ours and it was beautiful. And I would just sit and watch West Coast games on TV and see that stadium light up and look so amazing and I would just be counting down it's like when can I get there when can I get there and you know life gets in the way we think we're going to have footy forever so I thought I had seasons ahead of me to travel <laughs> which have ceased um so I didn't take advantage of those opportunities but once the fixture was announced and I saw that the inaugural derby was going to be played in round two I just thought there's no way that I was missing that. Um, originally, my thought process with the AFLW season this year with West Coast was I would be at their first game regardless. Like that was yep. something I was definitely going to do. Um, and then that ended up being in Melbourne, so that was great. But then that, that game meant a lot, but I think the Derby meant more um, because – it was at their home um, and it was in Perth. And I know I'm not from Perth, but <laughs> I know they can, that connection to my team in Perth and that's special. And I wanted to be there with those people in that space for that moment and be part of history. Um, and I was like, I still, going back to the Fremantle rivalry, like I'm still so <laughs> upset that the Fremantle women's team got to play in the first game at that stadium too. Um, like it wasn't even Which West was Coast against men. Collingwood. It was against Collingwood. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Dana Hooker um, was amazing in that game. She sure was. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it. And I remember watching that game on TV and I was just like, I can't believe Frio like getting first access to this stadium. Like it wasn't even my Eagles men who got first access. It was Frio. Um, so well, the first time the, the any men played at that stadium, it was the Eagles and uh, – a certain Sydney player kicked eight goals against them and and Sydney won. I don't want to be reminded of that Luke Parker bicycle kick goal. Yeah, that happened. Do you want to – actually, do you want to know who the first male player was to kick a goal at Optus Stadium? I do not. <laughs> well, it was Jake Lloyd, if anyone cares. Jake Lloyd, the <laughs> defender. Um. How I just want to remind you that after that game, West Coast went on to win ten games in a row. So and then guess thank who? You very much. Guess who you lost to next? <laughs> By how much? <laughs> I'm gonna say They're relevant. Two thousand eighteen premiers. So Sydney by forty two points. Um, oh my god! How had you ever been in a crowd um, of over thirty thousand people for a women's sporting match before? Had you been to the grand final last year? 
No, I didn't make it to Adelaide. No, um, so this would have been the biggest footy match at yeah. least. Yeah. How was that vibe there? It was awesome. Um, it was so much fun. Uh, and I'd been to Western Derbies before in the men's <laughs> competition <laughs> and they're not that fun <laughs> until the final siren and you've won. Um and I'd only been to losing derbies, so maybe um, I'm the bad luck charm. I should stop going. Um, yeah, the, the the atmosphere was awesome. Um, I just people, and I don't know if this is, it must be a common thing in Perth, and because I'm not from Perth, I don't have that experience. But walking across um, the park to get there, and the um, I was coming from Crown, so I was staying there, and you could see people walking across the footbridge from the city. There's so many like mixed families, like half Rio and half West Coast. And to me, that just blew my mind. Um, so I don't know if that's something that, because I feel like I didn't see that at men's derbies, but there must be. But it just seemed more pronounced. It seemed that there was more people hanging out, wearing the different colour jumpers. And and I just saw so many families, like sort of nuclear heterosexual families of, you know, mum in West Coast, the daughter in West Coast, the dad in Freo and the son in Freo. And I was just like, how does this happen? How do marriages like that work? Um, but obviously because I'm so separate from Perth, like I don't associate myself with that many people from Perth and that if I do, they're always West Coast supporters. But obviously if you're in Perth, you're going to have them cross-pollination. So I was just amazed by that. Um and no one seemed to be fighting. Everyone was just really happy and everyone was just really excited. And it was just it was just so, so lovely. So I took my mum with me. Um, my mum is a Geelong supporter and she's not super into AFLW. She watches the odd Geelong match and she keeps across the, um, the ladder and sort of sees how they're doing. But she's not super passionate. But she wanted to come. She wanted to experience it. And she thought you know, she'd just check it out. And she made a lot of comments about the crowd that kind of surprised me. And there were things like, oh, like, they're really passionate. They're really getting into it. And oh, my God, they're so loud. And they're cheering like, like, this really means something. And I was like, yeah, it does. (laughs) Um, So it was great to sort of see her connect with the game in that way, too. And sort of start to understand the passion that's in that space from someone who isn't directly connected with it. And I had, because uh, as I mentioned before, I broadcast on social media, like people are interested in what I have to say. People are uh, interested. <laughs> but I had a few people DM me who saw my picture there, um, who were also at the ground, who were people who I'd con- connected with on social media over the past few years in that AFLW fan space and, you know, met people and got to hug people and be like, oh, yeah, like we had that Twitter conversation a year ago or we had that Twitter debate <laughs> about, you know, who should have won the BNF or who should have done that and um, seeing those people like in quote-unquote real life was just really, really cool Um, because I think that's the thing that I really cherish a lot about going to AFLW games in Melbourne and going to those sort of suburban grounds is you just know where to go to run into people that you wouldn't have necessarily met or you've just only been able to connect with online and that translated to the other side of the country which just blew my mind that people who had connected with me wanted to say hello or were near me and we could go and meet each other because I think the past few times that I'd been to see men's games in Perth, there's none of that. I just went by myself, went and sat in my seat, 
maybe say hello or chat to the people who sat around me um, and then would leave. Like there was none of that sort of, I don't know, that social connection or just that sort of, I don't know, really organic facilitated um, fan connection that we've seen develop through social media for the women in sports space. And that's just so beautiful to me. And it just made me feel like I can go to women's sport anywhere in the country and I can find my people and I can feel okay and I can feel welcome. And that's just such a, that's such a meaningful thing to feel going into a space. So, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it definitely, like in terms of my experience of going to the footy in particular, because that's kind of the sport that I follow the most, going to a men's match, particularly a Swans match, I will always upgrade my membership to a seat behind the cheer squad Mm -hmm. because I'm going alone and I don't want to be stuck in the middle of a bunch of really hostile opposition supporters because the number of times you get abused, we've all heard of the worst one that I've copped, but Mm. I don't want to deal with that. So I'm very much have to plan ahead, have to plan ahead, have to plan ahead. And I'll wear headphones so I can listen to the commentary so I don't have any like interaction with anyone because I don't want to interact with anyone but at women's footy I'll be like five minutes before the train leaves like oh maybe I'll just go to big park today jump on a train go down on your own and you find people and you're comfortable and it's such a contrast yeah Mm -hmm. yeah goodness me um any uh parting thoughts on the Eagles first season in the AFLW competition um yeah I guess it's it's difficult to kind of sum up a season that was halted and stopped short but I guess what happened didn't really impact the Eagles too much being that they weren't likely going to make finals (laughs) Um, they were mathematically unable to make finals (laughs) well if we had to put it like that geez harsh about it Um, (laughs) I'm always so mean to you Casey (laughs) why are we friends um for your supporters. I ask that question all the time. Hey, I'm a <laughs> Melbourne supporter. <laughs> well, I don't know. I feel like you've been um, <laughs> you've been cheating on Melbourne a lot this season. Um, they didn't play each other, so I never had to make a decision. <laughs> That's probably good for you, actually. Yes, <laughs> that would be very difficult. Yeah. Um, thoughts of the season. Uh, I mean, they obviously didn't achieve probably what they wanted to achieve. I guess. I'm <laughs> I'm such a terrible fan. I'm just really grateful that they won one game and like Richmond did it. <laughs> because I'm so bitter that Sabs didn't come back to Perth and play for West Coast. <laughs> Worst fan ever, I know. I'm such a terrible fan. But No, I you know. feel like that makes you like an extreme fan, right? It makes you more of a fan, doesn't it? I guess. And I know there's issues with being too fanatic and it can be, it can bring out some toxic behaviours, <laughs> like wishing um, play, uh, teams to be unsuccessful and things like that. Um, but <laughs> I try <laughs> I try to do it all in good fun-ish. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so I think... I was so thrilled that they won a game. Um, That first win was just amazing to watch. Um, I was so, just so, so happy just to see what it meant to them. I also had a very privileged position this season. um, As I mentioned at the top, like with my role doing some freelance journalism, 
I had um, media accreditation, so I, I so had jealous. reached out to the Eagles um, to do some coverage uh, for our friend Kato Halloran's radio show, Kick Like a Girl, um, who's one of our Siren co-founders as well, so I could do some interviews post-match for her show um, and also wrote a couple of pieces for The Guardian. But I made some really good relationships in the in the locker room with some West Coast personnel and that was really great because I could get to talk to them about, you know, I guess a few things like off the record things, but just general conversation about how they thought things were going. And I think everyone at that club was just really proud to get a team on the park this year and just to see how it was going. But towards, I guess, after halfway of the season, there was a bit of tension there about they did need to really address some of their fundamentals. Um because they, I mean, they had a lot of work to do and it's hard to measure success in the first season um, of anything. But I guess, yeah, they probably fell short of where they thought they would be. Um, but I think as a fan, that's okay. I didn't have too many expectations for them this season. I was just happy that they were there. Um, and I think the really nice thing that I got to experience as part of that, being part of the media, was getting to talk to some of the players and just, I because I mostly spoke to them after they lost. So it was difficult to do a post-match interview when you're talking to a losing side. But the questions that I was asking them was more about, um, you know, particularly after their first game um, in Melbourne, just what, just that feeling and what it meant to them as players to be part of history as part of an inaugural side and what it felt like having fans cheer for them and, I, got, I was speaking to Paris Laurie after the first game against Collingwood and she was telling me when Dada Hooker kicked the first goal, she was nowhere near her, but she was just like, that's history. That's our first ever goal that we've kicked in an yeah. AFLW competition. I'm going to be there. And she just like bolted so she could go <laughs> give her a hug. Um, so for me as a fan to be able to have those sort of experiences and, and learn from the players firsthand how they felt being a part of that side outweighs the on-field performance for me at the moment. And I think that's really special. Moving forward, they better start winning. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it makes it harder for you when your most hated team did not lose a match all year. Oh, it was... um. I had so many issues, well, particularly with you because you kept bringing it up about how good they were. But, I mean, the other experience being at that Western Derby was watching Fremantle play and just being in awe at how amazing they were and being so mad about it. <laughs> I was so mad at myself about how much I enjoyed watching their brand of football. <laughs> It hurt, Gemma. It hurt. <laughs> I enjoyed it thoroughly. I think Frio is just such a tight unit that mm. that is what makes the, it's not it's not just the talent they have, and that's something that they've got from being together for four years, and that's something the Eagles will develop. Yeah, I hope so. Um, I mean, the Frio unit's just it's scary. It's scary how good they are, and it, it's amazing what they've been able to achieve. It their just... culture as a team with their mm -hmm. staff and with their players is, I think, the best in the competition. I would say Melbourne's is the second best. <laughs> um, and that's that sounds like me being biased, but I think that's honesty. Uh, but I think Frio is far and above. From, from the head coach down to player number 30 on their list, I think they're such a tight unit and that's what makes them hard to beat. 
and that's what made them and i'm rubbing this in. I, the look on your face is like why are you saying this to me um <laughs> the you can tell that by all their close wins was that they had such trust in one another and in the game plan and all that and that's where west coast will get to they just need a bit of time yeah um if they could get two away for that I'd be a very happy fan because, I mean, as much as it kills me to say, you're 100% right. Like, <laughs> they were just – what they've yeah, what they've been able to build has been incredible. Um, they're just oh, – they're just clean. Um, mm. And you're right bringing up that element of trust, and I think that's the most important thing you could have in a, in a sport like footy where it can be so unpredictable, just to know – that you have the trust in your players' hands when they've got the ball in their hands to do something, or if something doesn't go right, someone else is going to be there to recover and do something. Yeah. That's just so important. And I think that's, like, you're right, it takes time. And for for the newer teams coming in, like, that's not something that you can just have right away. That comes with the experience. But I think we'll see more and more of that because I think the more this competition develops and the more these players become aware of each other and hopefully the more time they have to actually play, so hopefully some longer seasons and some more professionalisation comes into this equation as well that helps with that just because that knowledge of your teammates is just invaluable. Um, and I'm just it, I'm staggered that Frio were able to pull that together with what we know AFLW teams have resource-wise and time-wise to commit to this game. So to see a team succeed in that way, I just think is such a testament to the leadership there and the players. Mm. And... Oh god, it kills me to talk so glowingly <laughs> about Fremantle, but no, but you touched on a good impressive. point about getting tighter as seasons go on because as you play together longer, I think the Saints and Gold Coast were really good examples of that too. So mm. even just having consecutive games together makes such a difference. So again, if West Coast can do that over the next couple of years, get the back half of their season together, and then be able to come out and make a full season, there's no reason why they can't be really damaging. Mm. Definitely. But in the meantime, go D's, because should we just say? (laughs) (laughs) We've both hated on each other's second team today, so it is what it is. Um, (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me, Casey. I really appreciate it. I know you've been so busy during this ISO period. (laughs) Thanks for having me. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about research. It doesn't stop. So I'm very privileged that I'm in a role that I can keep working and contributing to the field. I'm very passionate right now looking at how this time is affecting women's sports and what we can do to provide some research support to to that space so we don't see women's sports go away, so we don't see AFLW go away. So I can see another AFLW season with my Eagles dominating in the future. So that's what it's all about so I'm happy to be working hard (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and if people want to follow you because you're an influencer where can they find you (laughs) yes please follow me I need to get to a level where people send me free things Um, I'm at Casey Simons on Twitter and I'm at Casey writes on Instagram Uh, follow me if you want to see how obnoxious I am (laughs) not obnoxious very entertaining Uh, it's just fun for me it gives me something to do for fun and uh, hopefully I entertain a few people <laughs> along the way. <laughs> good good gift game between you and Kirby. Very good gift game. Uh, love a gift. Love a gift. Yeah. Would appreciate some more Eagles AFLW gifts um, if anyone <laughs> from the club is listening. <laughs> the D's have some great ones. I used them in my story the other day. Mm. Um, 
if you want to find Siren, which Casey works very, very hard on, um, it's Siren underscore sport on both Twitter and Instagram. There's lots happening there, including got lots of uh, women's sport content uh, during the sport shutdown, which seems to have gone missing elsewhere somehow. Uh, mm. So we definitely have lots of that, like almost too much of it because we got to do it somehow. Uh, there's never too much. That's a lot. <laughs> never too much. <laughs> this has been, uh, it's meant to be a short bonus episode. It's probably just as long as the others at this point of, I see it, but I don't believe it. I've been Gemma Bassiani. Please, uh, rate, review, subscribe, those, all those things, wherever you get your podcast, cause it can really help us. Um, and if you've got a story you want us to tell, or you want to come on as a guest, please tweet at me, GL Bastiani, because I'm always looking for different stories to tell on this. In the meantime, uh, wash your hands, stay inside, and thanks, Casey. Thanks for having me. Go Eagles!